0: there, everyone. Welcome to the Teach Them Diligently podcast. Every week, we bring you simple answers to help your homeschool family thrive. We're David and Leslie Nunnery, and we are so glad you're here. This week, we're going to follow up on an article David wrote for our homeschool subjects email on Sunday night all about what we refer to as camp decisions, or those decisions you make in a mountaintop environment that we sometimes get discouraged about as we try to implement or keep them once we're back in our normal arena. We have some strategies for you, no matter what mountaintop experience you're coming off of, whether it be a homeschool event, a revival at your church, or just a time when the Lord has been working in your life and in your family. If you don't already receive our Sunday Night Homeschool Subjects email, I encourage you to check that out. It's totally free, and we believe that the 15 minutes or less that it will take you to read it over and check out the resources and links we share there will jumpstart your week and get you off on the right foot each time. Plus, once you sign up, you can share Homeschool Subjects with your friends using your unique referral link to earn some fun homeschool swag, beginning with just one referral. Go to homeschoolsubjects.com to learn more and sign up today. Again, that is homeschoolsubjects.com. So, David, we just came off a terrific event in Pigeon Forge, and the conversation, especially in the app, coming out of that has been amazing. So what yeah. prompted you to write the article that you did this week?
1: Well, I, it, a lot of it was just watching the uh, the conversations in the app. And you'll you'll see, uh, if you're in the app, you'll see a lot of people talking about actually listening to the sessions. Yeah. They talk about particular sessions. They talk about particular speakers. They talk takeaways. about how takeaways, um, how they're already putting things into place, how they're going walking, and they're listening to the sessions and their earphones. And so it clearly made an impact on a lot of people. The speakers there, um, they do a good job. Yeah. And um, I actually started to think about there's another group out there um, because not everybody that went to Pigeon Forge uh, or Round Rock Rock is in the app. They're not all having these conversations. And I always started to think about there's probably a group of people out there that – Uh, went and heard a session, Mm -hmm. um, and they came away from it going, that was great. That blew me away. That is what I want to do. That is what I want to have. Mm -hmm. And they leave, teach them diligently, which does have kind of a camp feel to it. I mean, you're three days, you're in a hotel. If you stayed, uh, at Kalahari at Round Rock. Yeah. You are inside Round Rock or inside Kalahari for three days straight.
0: Yeah, you just don't leave. You, you don't leave. Maybe it's
1: a and, and so, yeah, maybe. Uh, and so it has this feel of being kind of like yeah. a camp. Yep. And you leave Round Rock or you leave Pigeon Forge and you go home and you have, you know, life kind of returns back to normal. Right. And uh, you kind of have this feeling of, okay. Now what? Now what? Yeah. yeah. What am I going to do?
0: Or or you get really frustrated because that excitement, that zeal that you had when you were, you were just gleaning all of this wisdom and new ideas and, and all of that, that excitement you get in the mundane and the monotony that you're accustomed to. And that kind of fades and actually sometimes becomes bitter because you get... You get frustrated with yourself that things aren't going the way that you envisioned. The yeah. whole car ride home.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you you get in the car, you decide that hey, we're going to have a strong family relationship, and you get into the car. Leave it from Pigeon Forge, and you're ten miles away from Pigeon Forge, and you get into an argument. <laughs> uh, and everybody starts yelling at each other in, in the car, and you get defeated. You get, get scourged.
0: Yeah, for sure.
1: And so. I started thinking about that, and how often that that has happened to us. It has happened to people around us. Uh, you go to camp; mm-hmm. our, our kids would go to camp. They would make decisions. They would be gung ho. They would be committed. They would be ready to make those decisions. They wanted to see those decisions happen yeah. in their lives, and then they would come home, and real life would hit them in the face, and the reality that was around them. While they're at home, it would start to work against them. Yeah. And what is happening there is that it's it it, they whatever the behavior was before they went to camp, it was they had built up uh, uh, routines, Mm -hmm. they had built up thought processes, they had put people in their life that all supported the way they were living before. Right. I mean, and this is an extreme example, but when I was drinking, I would have people around me that drank a lot.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, I would go to places where there was a lot of drinking. Uh, they would encourage that. I was, what are you doing tonight? It always involved alcohol, you know? Yeah. And so you kind of build up around you this system around you, this, this environment around you that supports that behavior. And if you want to stop drinking, not only do you have to throw out all the alcohol, but you have to remove all of that stuff that supports that behavior. Mm-hmm. You have to change your friends. You have to not go to the same places that you went before. You have to change your routines on what you did on on you know Friday night. You don't go to the same places. You don't go to the same people's houses. You don't go to parties. You don't go to places where a lot of alcohol. I mean it. it that's a very extreme example. Right. But you follow that through and it applies to these sort of things as well. Yeah. If you have a tendency to get discouraged and you decide, I am no longer get gonna get discouraged, well, maybe you have friends in your life that all you guys do is sit around and talk about how discouraged you are, <laughs> right? Or how discouraged, you know, the different things that are working against you. Uh, maybe you have a knee jerk reaction that mentally that supports you being discouraged. Maybe you don't see it coming beforehand and you start doing the same things that lead to you being discouraged.
0: Bless me. I'm sorry. It is spring in the south. <laughs> so, well, since that makes you take a breath, um, yeah, you know, one of the things that I wanted to make sure that we are very, very clear on and you've done a really good job of kind of leading into this is what are camp decisions and why is it so so commonplace for those to 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 be a struggle? And you've really gone through a lot of that. We're gonna break out those individual points that you were kind of alluding to here in just a second. But one of the things that I wanted to throw in before we start giving, you know, real action points on these things. Yeah is you know i i was privileged to work at a camp when i was younger my kids have have gone to and worked at camps through the years and the camp that i worked at had a bible verse as you left from second timothy where it says but continue in the things that you have learned and been assured of and i think about that a lot is it's so easy to leave Whether, like I noted in the introduction, whether it's a revival, whether it's a a homeschool event, like teach them diligently, where God is just doing great things, and you're locking arms and surrounded by people who are going the same direction with as much zeal as you are, and you're separated from all those other things, but the truths that you got there Remain solid when you leave as well. So it is imperative. It is so, so important that like Paul told Timothy, continue in the things that you've learned. And that's really what we wanted to focus on a lot in giving very specific strategies for how to do that.
1: I think this will even apply to like New Year's resolutions. Oh,
0: absolutely. Any of them.
1: Uh, You read a new book. And you go, okay, I'm going to change this aspect of what I am doing. And you start down the path of making that change and you get mired into all this other stuff. Well, what is happening is is that you have set up supports in your life that support these bad decisions, Mm -hmm. these bad habits, these things that you want to change. There is a lot more, you have a lot more roots in your life than what you realized when you made the decision. And it's going to take a lot more work. And so you have to methodically go through and you have to transform those things that are supporting that behavior.
0: Yeah. And I think speaking personally here, what... I want to see when I make a decision is I want everything changed at once. I want to succeed at what I'm trying to accomplish and I want it now. And when I don't get it now, because of all the reasons that you're stating, the supports, the routines, the everything that's in the way of that happening, I feel like I have failed. And I love you said in the article Sunday night, small incremental changes will have massive ripple effects over time. Um, and little changes are where the leverage come from to meet your goals, and that is I need to put that up on my desk to remind me because I think that that is so wise. We forget about those small incremental changes that is moving us in the direction. Even if we slip, you know, the Bible says a righteous man falls seven times but he gets back up. Yeah. We're gonna slip, you know. As a child is learning to walk, they fall down, they get up. We do the same thing when we're learning new things. But those small changes that we're making day in and day out is moving us ever so much closer to that goal that we have.
1: And sometimes you got to break down those goals into smaller units. Right. you got to actually identify those things that are working against you. And every single time you you actually fight back against that current, uh, it's a small victory. And maybe that's the answer to discouragement is that you actually Mm -hmm. celebrate in those smaller things that you are having victories in. Even though you're still struggling with this big thing over here, those smaller things are actually, you know, at some point, if you keep working at it and working at it and working at it, you're going to have a tipping point. Yep. And you're going to be able to overcome that behavior that you originally wanted. Sometimes it's just harder than just making a big decision.
0: Well, especially when you're in a rut that you've been in for a long time, because that's dug really deep. That's
1: right. And you're in a rut for a reason. Yeah. There's a lot of things that are keeping you there. Yeah. And again, a decision, just a simple, big decision is not going to pull you out of that rut. You have to go through and you have to fill back in the rut. You have to actually smooth all that out before you can actually get out.
0: Yeah. And so maybe, honestly, just to that little, the small incremental changes point that I'm serious, that impacted me greatly, obviously, because I keep bringing it up. But to that point, I know personally it would really help me to write those down. The little victories along the way, the small achievements, the things that, that you catch yourself doing or thinking or interactions that you have that move you in the right direction, take a note of those somehow. That gives you something concrete to go back and look at as you're moving forward, even when you stumble a little bit. Yeah. And you can mark those, those little changes along the way.
1: Yeah, it, so I... I've been reading a new book and I actually stole one of the quotes that are in there is that you fall to the level of your systems yeah. you don't you don't rise to the level of your goals and I have had that happen in various different forms whether it's you set a goal in business And you don't have the systems in place to be able to meet those goals. We have a new idea, right? You have kind of those shower ideas where you're taking (laughs) a shower and you think, oh, man, we need to do this. And then it it sounds like a great idea. And you and I will talk about it like, wow, we need to do that. And we'll launch out to try to make it happen. And it doesn't come together the way we wanted it to. Yep, yep. And the reason why it doesn't come together the way we, we, it does not come together the way we want it to is because we did not have the systems in place. We didn't have the manpower. We didn't have the people. We didn't have the email automations. We didn't have whatever in order to bring us to the point where we could make that happen. And this is a very similar thing. And so if you make the decision that, um, you're not going to get discouraged anymore, or that um, you, you know you and your husband are going to go out on dates, or whatever it might mm-hmm. be. It's the goal is not always enough. Yeah. You have to build in these incremental steps and these foundation, these yeah. systems in order to make this thing happen, or you have to remove the systems that have been working against you doing that big thing you wanted to do. So and it takes time.
0: Yeah, and and so you noted Sunday night in homeschool subjects, which everybody needs to sign up for, you noted that there are, you gave us three steps yeah. for actually working our way through this. Um, so why don't you walk us through that with some examples and kind of coach us through how to take those big ideas that we picked up at our mountaintop experience and then put them into to play or remove the obstacles that get in the way of putting them into play
1: well the first one would be things that you think right it would be mindset um and whether we realize it or not we have certain knee-jerk reactions to things that happen in our lives and we develop habits We had developed things that actually can be very destructive or send us into a spiral downward. You know, we complain, we're envious, um, we're jealous, Mm -hmm. we're judgmental. We have a tendency to go into church and treat it like we're doing a movie review rather than, (laughs) you know, it is uh, uh, worship, right? right? Uh, We have certain mindsets that we enter into any situation with. And some of those mindsets are extremely destructive mm. and they're knee-jerk reactions to things that end up happening in your life. So that if you get off track, let's just use an example, you get off track off of your planner in homeschooling, what, is, what happens, what do you start thinking when that happens? Do you go into an absolute panic? Is it, do you, are you anxious immediately? Do you get angry and lash out? Do you cut your kids off, you know, so that when they come to you and they're asking for help, do you cut them off because you're trying to stick with the planner, <laughs> you know, uh, turning
0: into Momzilla? Yeah, which what, is the what, joke around our Are house. there
1: certain are there certain things that you think, um, and these are mental things mm-hmm. that lead to you repeating the bad behavior that you wanted to change.
0: Well, and we have to remember that Satan is a liar. Yeah. And Satan... He's an accuser. Exactly. Yeah. And he he plays mind games all the time. That is that is where I I truly believe he does most of his work, is just whispering these lies, stirring up thoughts, you know, whatever. And so I have found that I may have the best possible intentions on something, whether it be... Um, getting over something that has happened or like David said, having my plan just knocked out of the water. And my flesh, my natural tendency is to react one way, but I've made a decision. I don't want to be that way. I've, I've Like we talk about in heart school, I've gotten my mission right. I know my priorities. I've put these things in order. I know what's really important. And so I am dedicated to following that path And yet, I stub my toes so often. And at that point, Satan just starts whispering, ah, see, it doesn't work. See, it's no good. See, you can't possibly do this. And if we don't have strategies in place to eradicate that, to, you know, the equivalent of get thee behind me, Satan, Mm. (laughs) to really know for sure what we're doing, why, then we're going to really struggle with that every single time we stumble. So to your point about the planner, which is always a great thing because so many of us can relate to that. um, We have our, our day planned. It's, there are six trillion ways that our day can go off the rails. And that that's with just one child, you know, with four, there's 24 trillion Mm -hmm. ways that it can go off the rails. But the fact of the matter is, I am homeschooling for the heart of my children, not just the minds of them. And I know that if I take those detours and I spend the time nurturing that relationship, dealing with that heart problem, whatever it is, then we deal with the character to get back to it later, that that's actually accomplishing my goal so much better than what was written down in my planner would have ever done. And so it's so important that you understand how all those things work together. Um, again, which is why we spend so much time on that in Heart School, to really, really reinforce those ideas, to give you the, the weapons to, so that when you feel like you're losing your way and your thoughts and your attitudes and stuff get all derailed, you've got a bigger mission, a bigger why in mind.
1: Yes. So if you feel yourself going back into the rut, right, you kind of go back through and you go, okay, what led to me getting back into this rut yeah. and you start thinking back through what was your mindset? What were you thinking? How was I anxious? How do I counteract being anxious? Uh, you start going through the mindset level mm-hmm. of this and because there, it, there is a pathway into that, rut, right? Right. Uh, so you need to kind of work back through kind of un- unpack exactly. all of that and where, what, yeah. what is going on in your head mm-hmm. And sometimes it helps to write. Right. Uh, Well, and
0: if you're a 365 member, go back and find that Thriving in Your Thoughts video and the worksheet that I gave you to go with it because that's going to help you work through these these attitudes that that lead to actions in your life the, the ones that are really pervasive we're going to get weapons versus we've got a memory a memory group going on where we're learning versus to help us combat these things that trip us up so easily so if you're in 365 make sure you take advantage of that because it will be so helpful in doing just this very thing absolutely now the second thing that you talked about in the the article was about habits and ret- routines that keep you from achieving your goals.
1: So- this is. I was really looking at kind of physical things, okay. and physical manifestations. So, what time? Let's say that you want to be more productive. You want to get an earlier start. I'm just using a simple, sure. a simple example here. You want to get an earlier start. Well, you know, and you and I have have struggled with this I was ourselves. was about to say,
0: this is this is a typical example around our house.
1: It's it's difficult with teenagers, especially when they want to stay up late. But, anyways, <laughs> uh, if you want to get up earlier, it usually starts the night before. Absolutely. Right. And so you uh, have to get to bed earlier. You probably have to eat earlier. You have to start preparing to go to bed earlier. You have to, you start thinking about all these things. so what I'm saying is, is that what physical things are actually happening, routines that are happening that actually support you doing behaviors that you don't want to do?
0: Yeah. Well, and, you know, one that's really relevant, I think, to especially those with young children is getting out the door for church. Um, yeah. because as homeschoolers, we don't have to get out the door for things very often that are that are timely. You know, maybe you're in a co-op, maybe not. But, but most of the time, we have a lot more flexibility, which is glorious and wonderful. But on Sundays, we don't have that same p- flexibility. There is a start time. And it's always a struggle. For some reason, everything goes awry on Sunday mornings for every single person. It's the most amazing phenomenon. But the way that you get ahead of that, which I'm sure many of you have already have already discovered, but to your point, you lay out clothes the night before you make sure like I always try to make breakfast for Sunday morning the night before. So all I'm doing is sticking it in the oven. I have an idea for what's for lunch the night before everything to set up success on Sunday morning, start Saturday night so that then you can have a peaceful journey to church rather than, you know, everybody combative. Um, the other thing, just since we're talking about it, David and I have always uh, made sure that we prayed with the kids on the way to church and we listened to good music on the way to church because, again, you're preparing your heart for worship. All of those are routines yeah. that help us helped us overcome those frantic, combative Sunday mornings.
1: Yes, and so whatever it might be, um, whatever the decision was that you made to teach them diligently or you've read a book or you have a New Year's resolution— What I'm talking about here is I'm talking about physical things that you actually do. Not that you necessarily think. Mm -hmm. We already addressed that. These are the physical things that you actually do that are supporting the behavior that you want to actually get rid of. Right. And so maybe it's flipping around on your phone, you know, constantly or too much. uh, Leslie and I have started putting the phone on do not disturb a lot more. We're still not perfect at this, but it's helped massively. Immensely,
0: immensely. Um,
1: And so it's physical things that you are doing that are supporting the behaviors that you want to get rid of. Mm -hmm. So we started off with the mental, what you're thinking, and then we get into uh, the physical things that you're doing uh, that are actually supporting these behaviors you want to get rid of.
0: Right, right. And then third, you laid out the relational aspect of things. So what does that look like? And you you really kind of alluded to this in your example at the beginning about um, back when you were drinking.
1: Uh, Yeah, I mean, you... Uh, we start to develop friendships. It actually supports the behaviors uh, that and the way we want to live, whether you realize it or not. Sometimes you fall into this based off of just the current of your day. Yeah. Um, but you develop relationships that actually support behaviors, and some of these behaviors you want to get rid of. Mm-hmm. And so uh, some of us are hanging out with people that complain all the time. And why is that? Because we have the habit of complaining. We we actually uh, rehearse things to be compl- to complain about constantly, yeah. and so we think those things, we verbalize those things, and then pretty soon you start bringing people into your life that love those things too, and As do those things. And misery
0: loves company.
1: And so sometimes, if you want to change a behavior, you have to change relationships. Right. Or let's say that it's your husband and you guys are living a certain way or there's a certain way that you interact. Don't get rid of him. (laughs) You need to transform that relationship. Right, for sure. Your mom, you need to transform that relationship. Your sons and daughters, you need to transform that relationship. Friendships are different. You can move those people out. And some of that is going to be painful. Mm-hmm. But if you want to be able to move forward, you have to do it sometimes.
0: Yeah. 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 And it's it's funny. We see it very clearly with our children, right? We are very careful with the friendships that we allow our kids to make or the people that we let them hang out with. And yet it, it tends to be a blind spot for us as adults sometimes. And um, so I, I second his encouragement to be really careful. Surround yourselves that are with people that will build you up, that will push you towards Christ. Um, mentors, others that can truly help you grow and encourage you rather than meet you at your lowest level and kind of wallow in that. That's not what you want. You want to strengthen yourself and then you know maybe you can start mentoring others and bringing them along as uh, well.
1: Absolutely. And then just pure friendships. Right. You have mentors and you have just pure friendships where you guys are all trying to go the same direction yes. and you <laughs> just kind of encourage each other. Right. They're not necessarily mentors, but they're people that make your life easier and just kind of directing each other together.
0: Yeah. And there's an authenticity in friendships like that that is really amazing and and it's truly unique to the kingdom of God because we are able to build relationships with people that we may not even um, have a whole whole lot in common with when you kind of take the lion's share of of all that is us. and yet, We are able to key on areas where there are commonalities and we can grow and and lean on one another, pray with one another, encourage one another. Sometimes in adult friendships, it's just having a friend that you can text at any given moment and know that they will pray with you and for you and encourage you. Um, And those are just so, so important but to his point about the relationships that you can't change or can't get rid of, the the relationships within your family, I want to encourage you that the change there starts with you. It starts personally because I am not the Holy Spirit. I can't change David. I can't I can't nag my children enough to get them to change. God does that. But what I can do is allow God to work in my life so that I am. My reactions are different. I am able to you know the bible talks about in first peter about how my My actions can win others. Specifically, he's talking about I can win my husband. You as an individual, as God is working in you, can have a bigger impact on the relationships that you have with other people by changing to be more like Jesus than you could ever imagine. So don't sit there and get laser focused on the change that other people need to make. Rather, allow God to change you from the inside out, and you're going to see that other person in a whole different walk, a whole different light.
1: I agree with you wholeheartedly. I was going to say something like that, and I, I, I agree wholeheartedly with you. Is sometimes you want people to change around you so bad, and you try to uh, talk to them about it. Mm-hmm. You uh, tell them what the problem is that they have, where actually the answer to them changing is actually you changing, and then they respond to you right. And it it's becomes a cycle And it, it has happened more times than I like to admit.
0: Yeah. So. Yep. Yep. And there's a humility there. There's a growth there. Um, but God's ways are perfect. And let's never forget that. And he is so faithful to grow us both in that way as we are growing and changing to be more like him.
1: So sometimes the decision is not enough. And sometimes it's much harder to be able to make changes in your life. Than just making a decision, no matter how committed you are to it, no matter how much accountability you put around you, sometimes there are systems and there's habits and there's routines that are in your life, whether you're in full control of those habits and routines or not. That are actually supporting that behavior and yeah. you have to go through and you have to either transform them or you have to remove those systems and those like roots, yeah. those foundations that are supporting that behavior that you want to change. You have to go through those methodically
0: mm.
1: and make changes with those before you can actually get to the big one. Yeah. And so sometimes it, it's much harder than just coming home and being committed and trying really hard. You have to actually go through each one of those systems that are in your life.
0: And encourage your heart with each of those little incremental things, incremental changes that you're making that make those massive ripple effects. So be sure that you're chronicling those, celebrate those. Um, you know write them down i am a huge journaler i would write them down so that i can go back and and lean into them on those hard days when i've just fallen on my face again but by all means remember continue in the things that you've learned god is faithful he's not finished in you yet he is still wanting to do those things in your life and he's going to teach you step by step as you go
1: so getting to the journal thing mm-hmm The only way to really change mental habits is to journal. You have to write. And writing somehow, it just makes grooves in your mind. I don't know what it is about writing, but that's the way you impact mental habits. Mm. Okay. So journaling is really powerful and being able to change the way you think about stuff.
0: Yep. Yep. Yep, it is. Thank you guys so much for joining us today. I hope that this has been both encouraging and super helpful for you. We're going to link to the article that David wrote so that you can get these steps, get, you know, kind of the surround for them. But then we just wanted to go a little deeper this week. So I hope that this has been a help. I would love to hear what God is doing in your family and how you're seeing those little incremental changes happen each and every day. So have a great rest of your day, and we will talk to you again real soon. Thank you for joining us today. We believe that every family is called to teach them diligently, so we're here to help